freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 107 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, we are talking today about feeding the right wolf. There's a parable about a wise old grandfather telling his son that inside of all of us there are two hungry wolves. One is always angry and resentful. The other one has it in him to be a great pack leader. He's full of love, hope, kindness, compassion. And which of these wolves wins is the one you feed. This parable comes to mind more and more often these days as we watch what used to be the network nightly news and now is more of a gossip mill, and what we fill our minds with settles down into our hearts and comes out in our words and our action. Which wolf gets fed by watching the nightly news pundits make cutting comments night after night, and which wolf grows thin and weak? Keep these things in mind as we are talking today about how we're feeding our minds and how we're feeding our next generations. What would happen to the next generations if we allow the good wolf, the wise wolf, to atrophy and die? Well, we have reason today to feel optimistic about our future because our next guest is the young Miss McKenna Beckham. She's a freshman at Horizon High School in Arizona and a competitive small bore and high power shooter. She began shooting with her father at the age of nine. And right now she's been shooting for about 18 months. She's passionate about the sports and she is a member of the Arizona Junior High Power Team, which is a division of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association, which in turn is part of the State Association of the NRA. And uh, she has just placed in or won several divisions and several competitions. Welcome to the show. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited. And sitting next to you is your dad, Blue. Hey, how are you doing? Who's wearing blue, which is kind of cool. So <laughs> so there's that. And we love it when we get to have in-studio guests. You know, usually the, our guests are on the phone. And so it's exciting to have you both here. First, I just want to um, congratulate your dad and thank your dad for what he is doing for our future generations through you to empower you to be a fierce competitor and to not shelter you from the world of guns i'm glad to do it well it's it's incredible and it's encouraging to see that there are parents out there like yourself so thank you, thank you for that so now miss mckenna how did this come about that you got into shooting sports because i know you've got a sister who's big into what volleyball yeah so you could have gone that route or track or any number of things what brought you into shooting well, I heard about the Ben Avery Junior Small Board Program through Madison Rovelli. She's currently on the state junior high power team. And so I had always liked shooting with my dad, and so we decided to go check it out and see what it was like. After that, I started shooting regularly at the junior program, 
and the amazing program and coaches encouraged me to kind of break into the competitive world, especially Jack Arnold, who encouraged me to shoot the Western Wildcat about a month after I had started shooting small bore. And the Western Wildcat is the biggest small bore competition in Arizona with shooters that come in from around the world to shoot. And so obviously I did not win. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, obviously? You must have showed them something that piqued their interest. There's a fair degree of talent hiding in there. And then from there, I joined the junior high power team after tryouts about 18 months later. Wow. That is a fast journey, a fast progression. And how big of a part did you play in that, Blue? Right. I think the role that uh, my wife and I played and others is getting her to the range. We're at the range two or three times a week. Um, There's some significant investments in, in time and energy and money. Um, and sometimes I'd rather just sleep in, but uh, <laughs> the shooting sports don't allow that. So you have to get up early every Saturday and Sunday. Well, and then here in Arizona, where it's already creeping up to almost, you know, 100 degrees outside, and it's just mid-April. So what happens in the summer months? You just get out there and do it anyway? Pretty much. <laughs> just shoot in the house. Just shoot in the house. Well, you can dry fire, right? She does dry fire every day in the house, too. Yeah. So when ammo was tough to get, 22 ammo, did that kind of scare you a little bit? Um, yeah, it, it was a, a little nerve-wracking. Luckily, the, the program through the ASRPA and the NRA made sure that the kids always had uh, ammunition available. Right. So McKenna, what do you like to shoot best, high power or the small bore? Um, it's kind of half and half because I like the vers- like how high power you shoot different positions. Mm-hmm. But currently in small bore, I'm only shooting prone. I'd like to work away from that eventually, but there aren't very many three-position matches in Arizona. On small bore? Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of tough. So in the, in the high power, what are you shooting? I shoot an AR-15. Right, okay. So that's that that one gun that everybody keeps talking about, yeah. right? <laughs> and and so what what is your opinion about the, the AR-15? Do you, do you think there's anything particularly scary about it or bad about it? I really don't think it's much different than any other rifle <laughs> that I've shot. And I think that that is the point. And, and Blue and I were talking a little bit about, you know, the, the political end of the this whole sport that, you know, um, if people can kind of hook your mind and, and make you believe that this one particular gun is bad, then how easy is it then to, to take that to a greater degree and then say oh well if this this one that you pull the trigger once and one projectile comes out that's pretty much like all other guns yeah i, I would absolutely agree and, and when they talk about it being a high-powered rifle i mean certainly it does um it, it does meet the requirements for a high power but a high-powered rifle is a 300 winchester right. magnum a 338 lapua magnum um, you know, 300 rum, th- those are high-powered rifles. Uh, um, an AR-15 is just not. Well, there's that one reporter that would disagree with you when you <laughs> shot the AR-15. It <laughs> hurt him, remember? Oh, that so, poor guy. But so that can you guy. can you uh, take your gun apart and put it back together and do all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Awesome. I have to do that to clean my rifle. To that make is sure. awesome. That is awesome because I do kind of play the girl card in that department and... <laughs> And ask my husband, who is a gunsmith, sitting on the other end of this table to do it for me. So you've kind of outed me a little bit that <laughs> girls can clean their own guns. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, so tell us about your, the, your team, your high-power team. So I'm very lucky to be a part of such an amazing program with so many other incredible shooters. Um, the state junior team has given me many opportunities that I would not otherwise have to shoot with a lot of world-class shooters. And so the team 
shoots match grade AR-15s at distances that are 200 to 600 yards. And while some of the more advanced shooters on the team shoot scopes, the rest of us shoot iron sights. Now, iron sights for the average person that that is just brand new to guns, what does that mean, iron sights? Well, there's no magnification in our sights at all. Okay. And it's just a little post that you put on the target. Gotcha. And yeah. so it can be kind of tough. Yeah, no doubt. So, McKenna, I have to ask. You go to Horizon High School, right? Yes. So can you talk about guns while you're at school? Um, with certain people, yes. I try to kind of not feed the people who are going to be offended or mm-hmm. going to be not too happy about it. But That's smart. But, you, but they are aware that you're a shooter? Um, some of them are, yeah. How about your teachers? Any of your teachers like it? Not really. Really? I think I have <laughs> one teacher who knows that I shoot. They need to come out and see you compete, and it would right. probably change your mind because what is it that you enjoy so much about the shooting sports? Well, there's something about the way of all the variables that come together, you know, the way the light is, the way the wind is, the way I loaded my round, my position, the way the sling feels on my arm. It all comes down to one moment where I either shoot a perfect X or I blow it and I shoot an eight. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say loaded? You load your own rounds too. You, yes. You reload your own ammo. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't Amazing. do it, and I'm not going to do it. That's she's, she's a <laughs> she's a high schooler, and she reloads her own ammo. That's fantastic. And, and you load the, his ammo too, right, actually. And she she loads for me right, too. And you know, to get that get that bullet to that X, it, it's not just pulling a handle. There's a lot of science in that. Awesome. There really is. It teaches discipline, focus, all, all of the things that we want our young people to, to learn and to exhibit. Um, and we are almost out of time. But I do want to just kind of ask you, like, what are your ultimate life goals? Like, where do you see yourself when you're all grown up? I still am not what I'm going to be when I grow up. So it's a little unfair. But <laughs> my ultimate life goals are to go to the Naval Academy for college, then serve my country in the Navy then move to the Secret Service and put in the time and effort necessary to be a sniper on the roof of the White House protecting the president. But you've just kind of, you haven't really thought that through, right? No, definitely <laughs> not. What, that what, is, what that wing is fantastic. Of the, what wing of the White House? The West Wing or the... What? No, no preference. Well, I mean, she's got it down. What kind of, what, what did you do? Blue, what did you do? <laughs> she's just this one. Is awesome. She's just one of our amazing children. We're we're very lucky, and and despite my best efforts, they're turning out awesome. <laughs> that is, that is love great. that. That is fantastic. Well, you really have given us an incredible amount of hope, and and uh, I, I know it is an, an entire family effort. And your wife is sitting very quietly over there, prou- proudly taking pictures of you guys. Um, but you know, it 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 acquires your effort as well. And so, thank you. Yes. Thank you for what you're doing for our next generation. Well, we do have to run, but is there a way for people to follow you in your sport and cheer you on? So people can follow me on Twitter at McKenna Shoots, which is M-C-K, not M-A-K. Good. On Facebook at McKenna Beckham or on Instagram at McKenna.Shoots. Fantastic. I am so excited to know you all three of you, and I'm definitely going to be following you on Twitter and those other accounts. And uh, just thank you so much for, for everything that you're doing as a family, and we wish you the best in all that you do. And come back and check in with us once in a while. Let us know how the latest competition's going. All right. 
Thank you for having us. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Well, stick around because we have Jonathan Lyons coming up on the other side of this break. He is the chairman of the Arizona GOP talking about all this election season. We just had one last night. We've got a big season coming up in 2020. A lot of work to do. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited today to introduce you to our next guest, Jonathan Lines. Now, Jonathan is the GOP chairman here in Arizona. And we just had a special election that ended last night. We've got a big 2020 election season ahead of us. And I'm just super fortunate that I could grab him in the middle of all of it. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. How are you doing? So good. So good. I'm so glad that you you could find time because I know you've probably got to be exhausted from yesterday's special election. It was a long night, you know, uh, but they, they called it very fast. I, uh, I was grateful to be uh, to be done with that election in such a short period of time, you know. And uh, so we start focusing on our primaries and then uh, the general election in November. Absolutely. And so how how did last night turn out? 
you know, she won with six points, um, but I believe what, what's most important is that we were able to accomplish that win the way the Democrats outspent the Republicans three to one in that district. Um, and our, you know, Arizona's losses are the ones that stepped up to help uh, Debbie Lesko carry that across the finish line, and the Democrats had to bust in people from all over. And, and uh, you know, if, if you look at the SEC reports, it's like 500 pages long as far as the amount of money that they spent and, and uh, took in from all over the country. It was definitely a targeted district. Um, you know, Trent Franks held that for a very long time, and they definitely wanted to, to, to be able to, to claim victory mm-hmm. in a Republican stronghold in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So Debbie Lesko did win, but she has to immediately start campaigning again. Is that right? Do I have yeah. that right? Yep. Yeah, she's going to be primaried again this year, um, uh, you know, along with everybody else. And then we'll have another general election at the exact same time. So, you know, she's been running that race nonstop, and she'll have to continue running that, ra- that race until until November again. Holy cow. That is just exhausting. It's a major commitment on time, yeah. <laughs> it's a major commitment on time. And I asked her last night, and she says, I've got energy, and I'm up to the task, and uh, she wants to, to do the right thing for Arizona. Well, I guarantee you, wherever the the Democrats are spending all that money, they are super happy because they know that it's just like, you know, it's harvest time for them. There's just all kinds of political ads and banners and all these kinds of things that and they're going to be fighting extra hard knowing that the November election is coming up. You know, they're fighting hard against the president. They, they continue to be obstructionists, um, you know, not getting his appointees taken care of. Um, and they're going to fight us every step of the way. And what we need to focus on is coming together. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, to read some of the comments from some of the, the people who supported other Republican candidates and just how they they wouldn't get behind the Republican nominee. And it's just sad that... Uh, you know, they'll cut off their nose to, to spite their face mm. to use that uh, that saying in mm-hmm. that they won't get behind the Republican candidate, you know, and, and the Democrats do a better job of galvanizing themselves uh, behind the nominee and, and working hard for that uh, for that person. And that's what we need to do a little bit better uh, job of here in Arizona. So true. You know, I guess that's the the dual edge sword of you know, being a conservative, we're very independent minded, right? And so we're not into this whole group think lockstep, um, you know, head bob nodding along with with uh, the rest of the party. But that can really hurt us in the ways that you just said that, you know, people aren't understanding that, you know, if we if this state becomes more and more purple, then that affects us at the federal level and what goes on in those chambers. And it's it really is very important to pay attention to every single election at every single um, layer of of politics, I guess you would say, yep. public service. Yep. So what it is public service? Yeah. And, you know, and that is the thing that I believe that Trent Franks emulated so well is that he was a public servant. And to fill those shoes uh, with somebody that had a public servant heart, it was going to take somebody very special. Um, and, and I think that, that Debbie Lesko is emulating that. She is. And, uh, you know, she has a proven record here in Arizona uh, as far as being conservative and, you know, fighting for conservative values, being very strong in the Second Amendment and pro-business and, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> pro uh, 
reduction in taxes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I, I'm grateful to be able to be that, that she's going to be able to be in D.C. representing Arizona and, you know, especially representing the constituents of, of CB8. But mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm very confident that she's going to continue to do the right things for us. So what is your main job as, as chairman of the AZ GOP? What are you cheerleader? Are you <laughs> are you the, the uh, big cheerleader? The big cheerleader, um, you know, registering Republicans and here in Arizona, my team has done an amazing job uh, because it's all about teamwork mm-hmm. um, of outpacing the Democrats um, 55 to one in voter registrations. Hmm. Uh, so we're going to continue to have net new voter registrations um, for Arizona and uh, and then, you know, getting behind a candidate after the primaries and and making sure that they get elected in, in their respective races. And, some, and that's my job. Yeah, and sometimes it's like you kind of have to be a referee because of, you know, what you were alluding to is that we're not always 100% united in things. And we exactly. have this Republican sniping at that Republican, and, and that's got to be really, really tough. Yeah, it is. It takes a uh, and, and And what they do is they, you know... <sighs> provide ammunition to their opponent who, uh, you know, post-primary is going to use everything that the Republicans have thrown at each other. You know, Republicans are type A red personalities. We all have uh, an an idea of how to do something maybe a little bit better, and and we (laughs) are a little bit aggressive by nature. Mm -hmm. Um, And and sometimes, you know, we we don't leave anything on the table (laughs) Uh, after a primary. Uh, And that's unfortunate, right? Yeah. Um, because all we do is provide ammunition for the uh, for the Democrats to work uh, harder against us. That's so true. And, you know, when we're talking about what an intensely competitive <laughs> business or the nature of politics is so intensely competitive, you know, I know people personally who I think would be amazing public servants, but they're like, oh, you think I'm putting my toe in that? piranha-filled water, I'm not doing it. And they won't do it, yeah. How do you encourage people to step up and serve their community in these ways? I think first and foremost, and, and I'm very grateful for my wife. You know, we've got 11 children, a couple of different businesses. We're, we're trying to, to, to pay off my dad and my uncle, but it takes a, a self-sacrificing nature, somebody who's actually looking uh, for that greater good. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, uh, my great-grandmother were, were amazing examples of people who did that. They were Goldwater girls. They were extremely focused on um, on that type of community service. And I, and I grew up looking at them taking uh, of their time because they were never elected to a paid position. It was all volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you know what's on the line, when you revere our founding fathers and the foundation that they have given us and the great freedoms that we enjoy, it's a lot easier to talk to, to people about how important it is to sustain our um, know, republic form of government after they've traveled to other countries and after they've seen mm. what mm-hmm. we take for granted too often. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the truth, right? Um, we, we take our freedoms for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, when I am in neighboring countries, you're just not guaranteed that same due process. And you, and you always worry about what would happen to you in any given situation, at least here in, in the United States, we can count on those freedoms. And so 
being willing to step up and to sustain that freedom. And, and that's the ultimate price that we face in our country, right? That's yes. the price that we have to pay to, to, uh, to uphold what we, what we believe uh, was divinely inspired. Um, and it, so takes, it takes work, it takes sacrifice, and it takes effort, you know? You look at what our founding fathers went through to yes. give us yes. uh, those amazing documents, and, uh, and I get a little bit <clears throat> emotional about that because um, we take it for granted, and we don't, and, and you have other countries out there. I've hosted uh, people from, from lots of different countries around the world. They're just like, you, you have no idea what you guys have in your Constitution, mm-hmm. in your Bill of Rights, etc., um, and there have been countries out there that have tried to emulate, um, and they take our constitution to frame theirs, mm-hmm. uh, to, to rework their country and to try to get a good start. But anyway, and then there's people that, on, uh, and then there's people on our shores that are trying to add, get the government to take our rights away. Like exactly. we have too many, take them back. <laughs> you know, it's good. And you're thinking, oh. what do you have any idea that what people have gone through to try to have exactly. what we have? It, it's such a, it's a shame. And what they've given up and sacrificed. And, and you know, I, I believe that one day we will have to be accountable, you know, not, not only to our maker, but to those, those men and women who laid it all on the line for not yes. upholding that, that freedom. Yes. Amen. All right. Well, we are just about out of time, but how how can people get more involved in state GOP activities? You know, they can they can call us communications at azgop.org. I mean, email us. That would be the best way. Um, You know, it's interesting. When President Trump came, we had over 3000 volunteers sign up to help. And so every time we have an event, especially knocking doors for Debbie, and, and Cheryl, one of the things that we did over there, we did over 300,000 contacts for Debbie. Wow. That's what the state party does, through phone calls and through walking. And I was talking to one of the volunteers, and it was his last day uh, volunteering for us. He's a student over at Grand Canyon University. In one day, he knocked over 400 doors. Wow. That's and incredible. And going and going and going. That's what it takes to uphold what we're doing. See, that's inspiring. And somebody it that, is. you know, so maybe he can't run for office, but he can definitely knock on some doors. You know, there's something Absolutely. all of us can do. Yep. I love it. Well, thank you so yeah. much. I know. Get a, get a nap because it, it, we're gearing right <laughs> back up, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> thank you so much. We really Thanks, appreciate Cheryl. it. We'll check back in and see how things are going as, as uh, time moves on, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Jonathan Lines of the, he is the chairman actually of the Arizona GOP. All right, stick around. We have Ms. Lauren Hartnett on the other side of these ads. She is, she wears a lot of hats for the Second Amendment, among which is she is the New York delegate of the DC Project, which is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Stick around. We're going to talk to Lauren. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, 
military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at PottyGoldEstate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, our next guest is a friend of mine, Lauren Hartnett. She's the founder of Girls Got a Gun. She's out of Staten Island, and she is also the New York State Representative for the DC Project, a nonpartisan group of women working closely together with their elected officials in Washington, DC, to give a voice to women supporting the Second Amendment. And I am the Arizona delegate, so welcome to the show, Miss Lauren. Hi, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I am very late to this invitation because when we saw each other last year in D.C., I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to have you on right away. And now we've blinked and almost a year has gone by. But I am glad that uh, we our calendars lined up. And the timing was really good because you were just recently featured in a new video called The Face of America. So tell us about that. Where did that come from? So thanks to the great Catherine Mortison. Um, mm-hmm. she, she had sent me this email. She said, this guy, he, he runs a French YouTube channel. So he's from France. And he started this project called The Face of America. And what it is, is it's people from New York of all different walk, walks of life. And it's telling their stories. And a lot of what he's done is he's traveled all over the country and he's like, New York is very different, specifically New York City. And you're very different being from New York City. Mm-hmm. So I really would love to tell your story. So mm-hmm. I was like, of course. Um, and this is one of the first times that I've actually come out with my personal story of how I got involved in shooting and firearms and the Second Amendment. So it was a bit of a shock. To some of my family because a mm. lot of them didn't really know the whole aspect but it definitely felt like a huge weight was also lifted because you know you've met my mom when she came down to dc and and my grandpa <laughs> so mm-hmm. um 
now I think the dynamic, too, of having them come down, because my mom was against guns for a long time until I got her involved. So I think... Good for um, you and good for her for being (laughs) open-minded. Yes. Um, So I think Pierre Devoy, his his project just was phenomenal. And the support and the, the excitement that I got from doing this interview was outstanding i i didn't really expect that and this is all still kind of reeling and new for me because now everything's kind of taking off full speed so i'm just very excited that everything keeps moving forward well and so whenever somebody comes out and and kind of bears their soul and shares their personal story um you know hopefully most people come up alongside you and and you know say thank you so much for for letting us into your your personal world but when guns are involved and you're saying this is one of the reasons that I'm you know I'm passionate about being able to protect myself then some of the trolls some of the ugliness can come out and I just wonder you know what's been your main experience I'm hoping that it's the positive side it it has been positive Um, of course a lot of people will always never believe in in what the second amendment stands for but during a lot of these past shootings some has been has been negative but the overwhelming majority especially from my family my friends and my community which i was very surprised and shocked about has been overwhelmingly accepted mm. and they they love it a lot of women are getting more involved in my community as far as shooting and asking how they can get their permits and how they can learn and that's really what I wanted to do. That was the whole idea behind it. That's, I just didn't think it was going to become as big as it did. That is awesome. And so you did create Girls Got a Gun, and that's a, a blog site. Was that before or after the video, The Face of America? It was before. This was something I started actually coming back from D.C. last year. That's when I really decided to take a firm stand and say, you know what, I need to get more information. I need to have an outlet to get more information out there. So it was about a six-month process to try to get everything together and get ideas and figure out where I really wanted to go mm-hmm. with, the, with the website. So and my, meaning, my, my reason behind it was because so many women were asking me. Mm-hmm. And New York is very specific, specifically the city. So I didn't have anywhere for them to turn because a lot of the information they were getting was not necessarily incorrect, but incorrect for them. Yeah. It was given by law enforcement. So law enforcement, they have their own set of rules when it comes to carrying and owning firearms in the city. So they were getting information from them who was telling them, you can't have a gun, period. Like, that's not the truth. We can't carry. It's very difficult. But you can, you can still get your license, obtain a firearm, possess one, have one in your home. And there's a few clubs throughout the city where you could shoot. And that's really what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give women an outlet that they were able to go to that was a little bit New York City specific, a little bit more general, kind of a little bit of everything, but definitely just another resource because we we have some great resources out there. And I just think the more, the, the merrier. Absolutely. So you touched a little bit on some of the unique challenges that you face living in New York as far as gun rights go. And last year when we went as the D.C. Project, um, what they do is they pair us up, as you know, 
and so they take me from Arizona and you from New York and somebody else from maybe California or whatever and then we go into our individual legislators office offices and I remember in uh, one of the offices without naming any names or anything one of the um, it was a staff member actually it wasn't the actual representative had said well okay that's fine for you in Arizona for people to just walk around with their firearms all the time but it's not palatable to our police officers to allow that and my brain was like just reeling and exploding (laughs) with wait are you quoting the second amendment right now because I don't think any of those words are in the second amendment I think it says shall not be infringed which is what we're trying to practice in Arizona, and it's I, I was like, just look at Arizona as a real-time experiment playing out where, you know, there's a lot, uh, the crime rates are coming down, and, you know, the police are not confused when they walk into a, you know, a convenience market being robbed. They don't know, they, they aren't confused about who the bad guy is and the good guy and that sort of thing, but I was like, this is so educational for me, and this is what you live in every single day. Yeah, so, well, on a side note, I'm very upset that they split Arizona and New York this year. I know, <laughs> but, but you get note, but you get to be a I'm, team I'm leader, team and leader. I'm excited for that. Yeah, so thank you um, for for getting me there and showing Absolutely. me what a good, an amazing team leader is. Aw, you're sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, on more than one occasion, I've had that conversation with that specific office, and I understand. I understand their why they would think that way okay and why they would feel that way however i also am a firm believer of obviously the second amendment and it's not that that difficult to change if they would actually speak to a lot of their law enforcement a lot of their law enforcement is for um citizens carrying and and the freedoms and the beliefs in the second of second amendment so to simply say that your law enforcement would not, they wouldn't know. Well, before they were police officers, they wouldn't know how to be a police officer, but you would train them to do so. And Boom, drop the mic, walk away. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. But, you know, there is a stigma of gun ownership in New York City because of our past and our crime rates and what we have experienced as a city. However, there's also... There's also the people who, who do believe and who can help change that stigma. And that's obviously a huge part of what the DC Project does. But as a female, when I walk in and I'm, you know, I'm in a club full of all, all men for the most part, but it changes that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very easy to, to do citywide. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the issues we have is we are a very, very liberal city. Money plays a huge part in the, in the, the political influence. The decisions, and yeah. Right. And we also have, we're grossly uneducated on gun ownership and the Second Amendment in New York City. Mm. Grossly uneducated. Um, and that, that's as far as me going, there's more guns in New York City legally than probably almost anywhere in any other city. Mm. And that's based just strictly off law enforcement. You have 40,000 cops. You have countless thousands that are retired that still carry. You have field offices from federal agencies that are in New York City. 
you have military branches that carry in New York City. So there, there is probably more guns walking around on the New York City street than people would care to, to realize mm-hmm. or, or care to admit, rather. Um, so but it's, then know. also the stigma of you can only carry a firearm if you are worth money or you carry money. Mm. Now, what does that say for everyday, everyday citizens? Mm. Yeah, you know, your life is worth and, less. That's so awful. Listen, we've got to wrap, but thank you so much. We're going to have to get you back on here because you are such an important voice to have in New York City and to help change some of the perceptions, the culture, the misinformation, the total lack of information. And so tell people who are all across the country, but definitely those who are, are near your area there, how they can find out more about Girls Got a Gun, the DC Project, and just follow uh, the face of America, which is uh, yours. <laughs> um, you could go to Girls Got a Gun uh, Facebook, as well as www.girlsgotagun.org. And you can follow us Facebook, Instagram, uh, my Facebook. I love friends. I love talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, you know, I'm always, and then definitely check out um, the DC Project. And if you can, you know, helps out. <laughs> Absolutely. But, We've got a, a GoFundMe going on just to help those because it's all out of pocket for us, us ladies. Yeah. And there's some amazing yeah. ladies that just they just don't have the funds. Um, so definitely check out that GoFundMe and, uh, you know, come hang out with our rally. We do a rally uh, in the middle of summer on the lawn of the, uh, the Capitol building. And it's a lot of fun. Definitely a blast, and I'm still looking forward to it. Me too. All right, we got to let you go, but we will talk with you soon, Miss Lauren Hartnett of Girls Got a Gun. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. (laughs) Okay, well, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report coming up right after these messages, as well as Dan's commentary right after this. We're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. 
They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is one of my favorite parts of the show. It's hard to have a favorite because with all the amazing guests that we have and the incredible information that we get to um, convey and talk about, um, it is hard to have a favorite. But there's so much misinformation out there about when firearms are used to save lives by responsibly armed citizens, that for us to get a chance to bring these stories to you to me feels like an, an honor and a privilege. And so um, this is our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. So Responsibly Armed Citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never or rarely ever hear these stories on network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. It is 4 a.m., and you, like so many, are sound asleep, lost in the dreams of the earliest hours of the morning, snuggled under your blankets on an unseasonably chilly night, you have no warning that danger and his mob of followers are about to shatter the darkness and any sense of peace you have ever felt by busting down your front door. Danger and his six ghoulish friends have brought with them plans of violence and death. Danger and his six ghoulish friends don't care that they have shattered the sanctity of your home, and they only care for their own selfishness in exacting some twisted version of vengeance against you and those who live under your roof. While we can only imagine the carnage that danger had planned to leave behind, and we can only hope that others will heed the warnings found in this night. You know, those rights restrictors who smugly claim that high-capacity magazines are unnecessary for the law-abiding. Because on this night, the homeowner, in defending his life and the lives of those who live under his roof, required no less than 30 rounds, 30 bullets, a magazine capacity of 30, to fend off the seven home invaders who sought to murder them. And on this night, lives were saved with an AR-15 and multiple rounds in the hands of a responsibly armed citizen. Baker County, Florida, April 16, 2018. One killed, other suspects injured after Florida home invasion. An 18-year-old suspect is dead, two others are injured, and four are in custody after a feud on social media led to a home invasion and shootout at a North Florida home. 
According to the Baker County Sheriff's Office, five individuals were arrested after a shooting over the weekend. They say the shooting was a result of an ongoing feud between the suspects and the individuals fueled by derogatory and threatening rhetoric between the two groups on social media. At 4 a.m. early Sunday morning, seven suspects forced their way inside a home in a planned home invasion in Glen St. Mary. William Lorimore, 24, Zachary Bell, 20, Joseph Albino, 24, Christian Watkins, 19, Corey Lorimore, 18, a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old. Deputies say they were armed with firearms, wearing masks and other clothing to hide their identity. According to BCSO, the suspects forced their way into the home of David Boldry, 22, David Johnson, 21, Matthew Cornish, 19, and Justin Rollerson, 18. However, the suspects' plan backfired as the occupants inside the home woke up after loud noises and yelling. They then armed themselves and began exchanging gunfire after realizing they were being threatened. The homeowners fired as many as 30 rounds from an AR-15 at multiple attackers. As a result of the shooting, three of the suspects were shot multiple times. An unidentified juvenile, who is currently being treated at Shands Jacksonville, William Lorimore, who was treated and released to law enforcement, and Corey Lorimore, who later died from his gunshot wounds. William Lorimore is in custody in Duval County and will be transported to the Baker County Detention Center Monday evening. The suspects are currently charged with home invasion. There may be additional charges added at a later date. The Baker County Sheriff's Office is investigating and is continuing to follow up on leads and other circumstances that led to this incident. Well, if you could only imagine, first of all, over social media. Right. But then... That's like the feeding of the wrong wolf right, right there. Right. So let's just say that, that city or that state said that high-capacity magazines were illegal and so are AR-15s illegal. Mm -hmm. But they had one anyway. Because mm -hmm. if it's in their home, nobody's going to bother me. I'll just keep it in my house. Mm-hmm. Well, in defending their property, they would now be felons. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy for somebody else, somewhere else, that has no idea of your special circumstance and the immediacy of danger attacking would try to tell you that you're good with eight rounds, right? right. You're good with that. You don't need any more than that. Um, the lives of the homeowners would have been lost, and if they hadn't have been prepared in all the ways that they were prepared. Right. And so you say, this has never happened to me. I'm a, I'm a good citizen. I'm okay. I'm in a good area of town. Social media caused it. Yeah. I mean, it could be because you ran a stop sign right. or because you, 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 you made somebody mad. So uh, please we'll use that as an example. Beware. Absolutely. Well, now what I want to be aware of is... Dan's commentary. I'll tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. April 18th, there was an article that I read um, titled, The NRA Backs Challenge to the Vermont Magazine Ban. They are supporting a lawsuit brought by Vermont citizens, sporting goods stores, and shooting clubs to challenge the state's recent ban on many popular firearm magazines. So that's that multiple round thing right. that we were just talking about. Right. Well, Vermont has banned many types of magazines. In fact, nearly half of all the magazines in the nation would be outlawed. Ooh. Half. Whoa. 
Governor Scott signed into law April 11th, which bans the possession, sale, purchase, or transfer of long gun magazines with a capacity greater than 10 rounds and handgun magazines with a capacity greater than 15. There is so much wrong with this. First of all, this is law, mm-hmm. okay? Second of all, what's the difference between a rifle and a handgun? And they're saying 10 rounds on, on long gun and 15 on a handgun. But what do you mean by that? What's well, the difference between? If a guy, if a guy like has the 12 functionality right, of right. it. Right, right. Yeah. It, it still will shoot that 15 rounds. Yeah. Okay. So Vermont lawmakers claim the ban would advise, it would advance public safety. And I go, how? Have any states that incorporated this law been successful? What if Arizona did that? Do you know, I do estate sales also for a living. You know, we go out and pick up houses out. And I've been to houses that have no guns whatsoever in their house. Mm -hmm. But I've found 30-round magazines. (laughs) So if by chance the police were to be called to your house Mm -hmm. and say there was a theft in your garage and you have them go through and look in their garage and they find a 30-round magazine that your dad had seven years ago. Right. Forgot was laying there. Totally unloaded. You would be breaking the law. Breaking the law. And I look at it this way. If they told me today that all fifty all magazines were illegal that were over ten rounds, there is not a way possible that I could find all of those magazines. Now that doesn't mean it's right, but I still it would force me to be a criminal. Mm-hmm. And you think about all the people that you know. Yeah, I don't have any guns, but then you find accessories for guns, and so it really scares me. And you know, again, as James and I would say, what. <laughs> James, James jumped the James, gun. James, you know, because James <laughs> is mad too because it's like, what? What is the purpose? There's no purpose for this law, okay? It's not going to stop anything. No. The criminal's still going to have 15-round magazines or 30-round magazines. Right, James? <laughs> there you go. No, it's so true, Dan. And, you know, when people think about firearms they get they they get almost like mystical about them right but a magazine is a metal box with a spring right right and a follower was that and a follower and and a follower because you're you're a gunsmith and you know these these terms but it's basically a metal box with a spring and you could go to jail for owning a metal box with a spring Right, or you could have one in your car in one state and go to another state, and you know you have it in your toolbox. I mean, uh, I probably have one in my truck right now. Ooh, <laughs> but here's the deal. I mean, why don't we just wake up? Everybody, just wake up. Just come on, snap out of it. I can't snap my fingers. <laughs> I'll wake up! All right, wake up. All guns want. They want to get rid of all of our guns. This is a baby step. The baby step to gun removal. Let's just wake up to that and and fight it all the way, mm-hmm. For, no matter what. I don't care if they say we can't have a, a gun, a red gun, a blue gun, thirty round magazine, two round magazine, whatever it might be. Stop it all. Just stop. My grandma used to say, "Just say no." It's an entire sentence. N O period yeah. is an entire sentence, yeah. and I think we need to invest in that word more often when we hear this nonsense. 
just um, no. Mm-mm. Well, many no, years ago, that doesn't ago, make sense. When my Sorry. dad, when my dad was doing this for the Arizona Gun Owners Association, they had a big fight when John F. When uh, not John Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, but the other one, Bobby. When Bobby was assassinated, they wanted to have Saturday Saturday Night Live, a uh, Saturday Night specials specials removed from planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody thought, oh, it's just the junk guns, but it turned out to be Colt Pythons, Colt. I mean, high a dollar gun. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a game. It is, and we need to be aware and awake and feeding the right wolf, the wise wolf. Well, thank you so much for another amazing show. I want to thank our tech crew, our listeners, our guests, everybody. Thank you so much. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and that you spend it with us is uh, a privilege and an honor, and we appreciate you. Please keep the conversation going on social media, on our website, uh, Gun Freedom Radio, AZ Firearms. We are listening, and until next time, pray for our nation, pray for our leaders. All of them. All of them, Dan, even the ones you don't like. All right. Especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey gang, this is Masad Ayub from the Pro Arms Podcast. I'm here to remind you that our podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And I'm going to suggest you do what we do and check out the other podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net.